What's going on, Trophy Kids? We've got a good one here for you. We are starting our NFL Divisional Breakdown. We are starting with the NFC North. It's going to be a good one. We're talking to every team. We're giving out what our win totals we think are going to be at. Um, give me the information you need. So I hope you enjoy this one, and let's go. And welcome to Trophy Kids presented by Bad News Media. It is July 16th. As always, I am your host, Nate. We have the return of Michael for one of my honestly favorite things we do is the divisional breakdowns, NFL talk. I can smell it in the air. I love the smell of football. It's coming. In the morning, not really in the morning, it's nighttime, but oh my God, I'm getting fucking excited, man. When we start doing this, I know I I'm, I started to get jazzed. Like all week, I was on cloud nine. Like I'm preparing for football season. I'm looking over things. I'm looking at new players, like getting refamiliarizing myself with everything. I'm fucking jacked, dude. Yeah, dude. It's a great time. Whenever you talk about football, it is the best. No doubt about it. I loved it too because I turned on ESPN, which I'm not a huge like nowadays watching ESPN all the time, but working from home, I turned it on. We're talking about whether Tom Brady is going to be able to keep it on. As soon as we start getting like the Tom Brady, is he going to fall off? Where does he rank? That's when I know oh, football season is right around the corner. We need to start hopping on this stuff uh, immediately to say the least. <laughs> Just every offseason, they're always bringing up, is, is this going to be the year when Tom goes down? It's just, just, I mean, it's been like that now seven years in a row. He's, he's getting so old. <laughs> and as soon as that conversation starts coming up, you know that we're getting to that part of summer where there's less and less to talk about. We still have the NBA, which is later than normal. Um, like yeah. We're not completely in that time period that's dominated by just baseball, which thankfully we're not going to get a ton of like dead space um, with the way that Corona's kind of fucked up every schedule. But... Um, <laughs> We're ready to break down some divisions. We're starting with the AFC North. The AFC North, to me, arguably maybe the second best division in football. I, I could see an argument for maybe best. I don't know. Once we break them all down, we can rank them and all that. But it's a damn good division of football. The quarterback play is is very young, very good. There's a mixture of good to terrible coaching here. There's a lot going on in this division. So I am excited, nonetheless, to talk about this division. It's why I want to start off. A division I'll be very excited to talk about is your NFC East at some point because I do have oh, yeah, some be a good one. big, big thoughts on your football team and what season they're about to have um, with Ryan Fitzpatrick and then eventually my NFC South. But we're going to get to that. I'm going to push that off a little bit later. I'm gonna We're going to delay that. We're going to let them get into training camp because that we're going to have a lot of thoughts on those divisions. So we're going to start outside AFC North. I say let's start with the Bengals. The worst team in the division, the dumpster fire of the division, the dumps almost the dumpster fire of the NFL. Thank God the yeah. Texans are out there; otherwise, they'd be they'd be pretty damn close. Um, this team was four and eleven last year with one tie. Their season total sitting at six and a half. Um, they're ranked with about the sixth. I saw CBS rank them with about the sixth hardest schedule. Um, they went six and three against the spread last year, though heading into Week Eleven, which your football team didn't end up killing Joe Burrow. Um, how are we feeling about the Bengals' initial thoughts before we start taking a, a dive into them? Honestly, my initial thoughts on the Bengals are kind of the exact same thoughts I had going into 2020. There's not a big... I mean, I know Joe Burrow is a good player, but I already knew Joe Burrow was going to be a good player. Um, I like how they picked up Chase. That's going to be exciting. But who's protecting Joe Burrow? Is that not the best question of the year? <laughs> I mean, only one player last year, I think, over had like a 70 pass blocking grade for Joe Burrow. And so in, on their current roster, it's the same way. So I'm a little concerned about Joe Burrow's health, his ability to stay upright, because 
that offensive line is going to be real poor. Um, I do like, I mean, they gave up a lot of money to get Trey Hendrickson, um, but luckily there isn't a lot of guaranteed money, so there is kind of an out very quickly. Like if he's if he's kind of a one year wonder so far in his career, so if he reverts back to that four sack year kind of guy, then they can get out of, after year one. But my thoughts on the Bengals is not much has really changed since last season. No. Not at all. And I, I that's that's literally where we're hitting him right in the head. Like we know Joe, Joe Burrow is good. My concern always has been that Zach Taylor's too much of an idiot and he's gonna get him absolutely killed, which I went back and I listened to the the, the podcast we did for week eleven and I said to you at that time, <laughs> I would bench Joe Burrow for this game. I wouldn't even throw him out there because he's gonna get killed and he ended up getting so. Like I don't root for injuries, but I knew that was gonna happen. And that goes towards yeah. the Zach Taylor kind of stupidity. He is now that Adam Gase is no longer an NFL coach, head coach, I should say, Zach Taylor is my leading candidate for Dumpster Fire Coach of the Year award um, heading into this season. This man is straight trash. He's like 2-13, I think, in one-point games. He's had back-to-back seasons. Here's a fun little fact. The last six or five years, the Bengals' win total by Vegas has been getting lower and lower and lower, and they have missed it. They've gone under the last five years. <laughs> That is like, it's sitting at six and a half. I think it, five years ago it was about nine. I'm trying to look it up right now. But for the past five years, it's continually gotten worse. That is not a good sign of a healthy organization, to say the least, um, with them. You mentioned the O-line. They're coming into the season. Last year going into week 11, um, PFF, Football Pro Focus, uh, graded the Bengals at 26th in pass blocking. ESPN currently has them at 28th in pass blocking. Um, going into week 11, Joe Burrow led the league in hits taken, a historical high at 72 at that point in the season. Um, it's a bad, it's a bad, bad team. And you look at what they did in this offseason. They just said they got Riley Riff. I think I mispronounced his name there, but from the Vikings. Decent tackle, but not somebody that you go, yeah, that's vastly improving our offensive line. They went with Chase who could be a phenomenal wide receiver. There's no doubt. I mean, he was great in college. He could be awesome in the NFL. But that guy is available in every draft every year. Like, Chase isn't some, like, I mean, maybe he'll turn out to be that way in the NFL. But going in, you're not grading him as, like, oh, my God, this wide receiver is a historic great. And then they reach for their their tackle that they drafted in the draft. It, It just feels like the organization, once again, is just poorly run, setting them up, setting themselves up for failure. They lost Gio Bernard, who was their fourth leading receiver last year. He's aver- He was averaging like seven yards out of the backfield. That's going to be a big miss. How do you replace that kind of production? He'll be a miss more than I think people realize. Gio Bernard's a good player. Very good player. The, Very good player. the area I viewed him as a miss is not only in the passing game, but in the blocking game. When they did throw a running back out there, he's a very good pickup blocker. It just, this team, Carl Lawson, they lost him. You hit the head. like You picked up Trey. Um, on a shorter deal, maybe a one-hit wonder, maybe not. We'll see. It just it it doesn't feel great. So here I was looking for the 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 win totals. Um, they went from in 2016 they were predicted at nine and a half wins. They were under that. 2017 eight and a half wins. They were under that. 2018 seven wins. They fell under that. 2019 they were predicted. Uh, at like six and a half or something, fell into that. Like they just continue to miss the mark. They're at six and a half this year. I don't see how they get more than six wins. No, I have them written down right here. Five to six wins, fourth in the division. 
yeah, like you said, they've just. I mean, they lost William Jackson as well in their secondary. They brought in Mike Hilton and Woozy um, from Dallas. So I mean, they're they're trying to address some areas, but the biggest issue is Joe Burrow, his development, his health. Um, it's a little concerning, and also, they're the month of December for them. That is a very tough month. Um, you look at that schedule there; it's it's pretty rough. So yeah, this team is. I can't see more than six wins. Not a chance. And. The there are plenty of stats. I went and looked into it as far. I got the uh, Warren Sharp football Bible once again this year, so I dug into some of the stats. And Zach Taylor, one, is a predictable coach as hell. But the thing that stood out to me too, and I, I look at Zach Taylor as one of the, this now may work if Joe Burrow doesn't get killed this year. This is the one thing that I do think Zach Taylor being so bad, if he continues to be bad, may work in your Bengals' favor if you're a Bengals fan because. Assuming the Browns fire him, he's terrible, they fire him, Joe Brady is going to be an eligible candidate out of Carolina. He was the quarterback coach down at LSU. He runs an effective offense. He's definitely ahead of the curve um, on offensive play calling. He knows how to coach Joe Burrow, which Joe Burrow, too, you know, one of the things that that I love about Joe Burrow in the way in his rookie season, he comes into a league where you don't have a normal offseason. Um, you don't get the timing with your personnel. And where did he succeed the most at? He succeeded on quick drop back, quick passes where you're reading the defense at the line of snap. His efficiency level was great from like one to three step drop backs. He got the ball out at um, 2.3 seconds on average, which was fast for the league. Um, oh, yeah. Like the guy is incredibly smart. He's great accurate in the middle of the field. Like this guy is ahead of the curb. It's just making sure you match him up with a coach that can kind of play at his level. Um, and, you know, not have a drop back on third and two on the nine-yard line in the Washington football stadium where quarterbacks' knees go to die and you have one of the great defensive lines of the year and you're doing a five-step drop back with a guy who gets no protection. Like, the dumb risk management part is is the problem for me. Um, so, yeah, I, I go under. Now, I think we should also preface this that all these picks that we're giving, you know, our totals, all that, we're, we're probably going to circle back on this after training camp. Who knows who's going to get Very hurt. early. Yeah, who knows who's going to stay healthy. Who knows what trades may happen um, or transactions may happen. But the Bengals, to me, they just, they're an organization that didn't address a need. And they also didn't get arguably the best player on the board at that time. And they continue to seem to miss the mark as just a functional front office, to be honest. Yeah. Agreed. That team didn't really, I mean, I like Chase, I like Jamar Chase a lot, but that team didn't really have the luxury to really be drafting him no. with the roster that they have. It's also not like their wide receivers were bad. Like, it was a decent position group as a whole. Higgins was good. Boyd was good. Like, I mean, they're not phenomenal. And who knows? Chase might be a phenomenal wide receiver, but you know what doesn't matter? A phenomenal wide receiver when the quarterback has no time to get rid of the ball. <laughs> Like, exactly. <laughs> it just it doesn't matter. You need protection to get the ball down the field, which I'm going to talk about with the Steelers here later down the line about how big plays are generated with some pass protection. Um, so we'll see. It's just it's bad. Um, I did give that stat correct. Zach Taylor, two thirteen and one in one score game since taking over since 2019. He's six twenty five and one as a head coach. It's poor. <laughs> that is so wow. poor. Yeah. Wow. Um, all right. I don't know. I don't have a whole lot more on the Bengals, to be honest. They're one of my least favorite teams to talk about. I feel bad for the city. We poor deserve team. better here. It's a poor team. It's a poor franchise. But maybe you luck out here. I mean, you're 
they're on that weird razor blade edge where I see like they could go one way or the other. They have a good quarterback. Who knows what he'll what it'll look like coming back from injury. Yeah. But if you put an offensive line around him, you have some pieces on offense and you build up that defense, well shit, maybe you have something there. Maybe. If you get a good maybe. head coach. Not this year, but yeah. maybe. Razor thin. <laughs> yeah. Razor thin. It's gonna be bad. It's gonna be bad this year. Um let's move on to the team I am most excited about. This team, this is an organization that has flipped the script. We are seeing, I think, a passing of a guard this year um, between a team we're going to talk about here in a little bit, but that is the Browns. They were 11-5 last season. Their win total is set at 10.5. What are your initial thoughts on the Browns coming into this season where we're at? I, I like this team a lot. Um they didn't lose a ton. They lost a little bit on the defensive line, but they addressed the defensive line. They brought in Clowney. They brought in Zach McKinley, Malik Johnson. Um, they had some issues last year with pass defense, but they went out and they got John Johnson from the Rams along with Troy Hill also from the Rams. The Rams last year were the number one pass defense in the league, I believe, in terms of yards. Um, obviously, Jalen Ramsey has a big role in that, but the other players are good, too. Um, I like this team a lot um i'd I'd say they're definitely potential winners of this um, this division but a lot of it comes down to play like having baker play within what he's capable of doing baker's a good quarterback he's not a great quarterback so lean on that lean on the run game you have the best one-two punch as far as running back running backs go in the nfl without a doubt Best offensive line, if not one of the best offensive lines. Um, so, I mean, I like this team a lot. Um, I I could see them winning eleven and twelve. Easy. Yep, that's yeah. where I'm at. The whole the the adding the game has been throwing off my like when I was looking into teams trying to figure out win totals. Yeah. The extra game's been throwing me off a lot. I would take the over on this ten and a half. Granted, we'll see what happens in preseason, but before preseason, everybody's healthy, everything like that. I think you hit all the major points. Like this is a team. We had a good offense last year. You have a one-two punch in the backfield. I mean, both those backs could be thousand-yard backs oh, on other teams, geez. like without a question. I mean, their explosive yeah. is off the chart. They are one of the bets that Kareem Hunt bet. I may lock in as long as he doesn't get hurt in the um, preseason. His over right now is at six hundred and fifty yards, um, which I think he will probably go over on. Um, and Nick Chubb's at thirteen hundred. I might go under on him just because that's a lot in a two-headed system. But you're absolutely right. You keep Baker within his system. He's proven last year. He he ex- he improved on every major stat that you want your like a quarterback like Baker to improve on. His short range throws, midfield he he went from a 56 percent completion to a 72 percent. Right side of the field, 71. His deeper mid level throws they all improved across the board drastically. Like this guy, Kevin yeah. Stefanski figured out you keep it simple for baker you run two tight end sets you lean on the run game you don't go away from it if it's working like freddie kitchens did that entire season where it was like in the first half you'd be gashing teams and then he wouldn't run the ball anymore in the second half um and you become predictable on offense this is also a big thing for baker this year which has not happened this is the first year in his career he's gonna have the same play caller the following year which is huge. huge um i like how you hit the head on on getting Hill and Johnson because that that is the concern. Um the defensive side of the ball. But the Browns went out and they addressed it. 
They went out in the draft and they addressed it. They went out in free agency and they addressed it. Last year, the Browns' defense allowed 15 touchdowns on passes thrown 15 yards plus downfield, which was uh, the most in the league. They ranked 26th in opponent QBR. Like the the pass side of the defense was bad. You have Miles Garrett. You you boost him up with Clowney, who. Yeah, isn't maybe the the player we all thought he was going to be coming out of college, but he is still a very competent player, especially when you got a guy on the other side of the line of scrimmage who demands double teams, demands extra attention. Because if you don't, he's gonna he's gonna murder you. Um, exactly. And you get Johnson, which is a huge huge sign. And you get Hill. Um, they their offensive line is extremely good. Yeah, I don't see any reason they can't win especially with the Steelers, which we'll talk about here in a second, I don't see any reason they can't win the division with what the Ravens are presenting. They are they are in that realm of like, I could see it going one way or the other, almost. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think they're, after the Ravens, I think they're I think they're around plus 140 to win the division. I think Ravens are like plus 110. I mean, I would definitely go in rounds there. They just, they had weaknesses from last year and they addressed them. Um, they're definitely the type of team with their run game where, if they get up by 10 points, 14 points in the second half, you know, with that defense, with the pass rush, while well, the other team's going to be passing and trying to catch up, and then their ability just to run the ball, run the clock out, I, I think that they're going to have a pretty good season. They have they have a lot of very winnable games, um, but they also have a lot of tough games, but they do face, like, they have Houston. I mean, obviously, they get the Bengals twice. They will see about the Broncos. They have the Lions, and... We'll quickly find out soon that I'm not very high on the Steelers. So they Neither am I. So <laughs> I can't wait to start talking about them yeah, here in a second. I, I, I am not high on that team at all. So I really just, I kind of just see this division being a two-team race, and just Cleveland to me is kind of like the clear best team in this division, in my opinion, right now. I agree. Their roster is solid. The other, the other free agency ad I, I had highlighted in my pre-note shows. Anthony Walker, linebacker, coming over. Not great in pass protection, but from a tackling, he is one of the more sure tacklers in the league. Um, Last year, he was, where was it? Oh, my God, I had it here in a second. Oh, he was 16th in the league in tackle efficiency. For every 14.7 tackles attempted, he missed one. Like, the guy keeps the ball in front of you. He's not going to be great. Um, Bengal or Browns fans for pass coverage and that type of stuff. Like he's not good there. But as far as a veteran linebacker to help that li- young li- linebacking core, to help that defense to keep the ball in front of you, especially on running downs, he is a huge ad in my opinion. A guy that is going to make a big difference as far as kind of sure tackling in a league or in a division, I should say, that is going to be run heavy with the Ravens. What I think the Steelers are going to attempt to do here this season. The Bengals are going to be yep. a little bit pass happy as we we know. But and then you look at that the schedule. The Broncos will probably be pretty run heavy. The Vikings. Um, you look at the teams they're going to play. There, the Lions will definitely be run heavy. Um, with the way that <laughs> Campbell's going and Goff is the quarterback, that's you another division. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll get there in a bit. So that that was the one of the ads I was um, I wanted to bring up. But yeah, I mean the Browns did what you wanted as it as a fan. They went and they said, what's our... They did the opposite of the Bengals. They identified their weakness and they said, how do we go best yes. attack it? And they went out and they got guys that should be able to sum that, like fill those holes there very easily. Yep. Um, so I love it. I love what the Browns are doing. I love Kevin Svansky. Um, 
We'll see if the defense... The only question is how the pieces fit on defense. I think the pieces are going to fit good on defense. I think the offense is going to continue. You have a year. We have a norm... You have a year... A second year in that offense. You have a more traditional offseason. I see nothing but positive things. And I like that for the Browns fans. They're they're lovable fans at this point. We'll see what they look like in, in the spotlight. Um, but they're I like them as a fan, fan base overall. For sure. Yeah. Gotta love the dog pound. Love them. Um, any other thoughts I don't want... I want to give you as any time that you have on that before we move on to the good old Steelers here? Um, no, nothing really. I definitely, uh, think the looking forward to the Cleveland season. I think it'll be pretty good. Same. Same. Let's talk about the Steelers. Cause this team, <laughs> I mean, they are consistency for the last more than a decade since 2004. They haven't lost or they've won at least eight games, but Oh man, this team this year is, it's bad, man. Yeah. Bad. It's a bad team, and you know, last year uh, until week twelve or whatever, uh, when the, you know Washington football team rolled into to Pittsburgh, they were like eleven and zero, and they were favorites to win the Super Bowl. And ever since, you know, they lost WFT, that team has been crumbling, and I think they will continue to crumble this season. Um, they basically didn't really sign anyone. They couldn't. Um, they re-signed Juju, but you know Juju is—he's on a prove-it deal, so we'll see about that. Um, they lost Buddy Beast, um, losing him's a big loss, no doubt about that. Lost Mike Hilton, um, James Conner left, but you know you replace it with Najee Harris, who I'm actually very excited about. I think he'll probably—he probably will be a stud. He's definitely what I'm most excited about when it comes to Pittsburgh. But the schedule is a bitch. Um, they got the Bills, <laughs> Titans, Vikings, Chiefs. Um, that's, you know, that's not including the Ravens, the Browns twice as well. I mean, that's, that schedule is brutal. <laughs> and, you know, my question with the Steelers also is, you know, last year, Ben literally got rid of the ball in 1.2 seconds. Like, just he snapped the ball and threw it, snapped the ball, threw it. You know, is that O-line actually good? I think they're decent. Um, they lost Alejandro Villanueva, which isn't good. Um, and pouncing. You know, yeah, right. Um, they are the Steelers, so um, their wide receivers will probably somehow be studs because that's what that team does. And Najee Harris, I think, should be a pretty good player. But is Ben going to stay healthy for 17 games? I find that to be unlikely. Um, I hear he's lost a bunch of weight. I mean, I'm sure you know that, that should help. But he's... At, He's a Hall of Fame quarterback, no doubt, but I, I think he's really starting to break down fast, and you could kind of see it last year. I just, I don't like this team at all this year. Um, I see seven, seven wins, eight wins, maybe. I saw eight and a half on, uh, on uh, the betting site. I'd probably lean towards the under on that. I really would, um, even with seventeen games. I just, I don't know. I just can't trust Ben. And with that, that schedule and just his health, I, I don't like the Steelers this year at all. It is the Atlantic has the Steelers as the highest strength of schedule in 2021. Now there are others that it's brutal that that don't put them as high, but the Atlantic is putting them as the highest. It is. I mean, they appear in five primetime games, including twice on Monday Night Football right now. Um, and they are going to finish with four consecutive games against teams that most people. I, I went and looked around where people have people ranked. Most have them in their top ten coming into this season. Um, 
it's bad. I actually like that you hit on the quickness in which Ben got out the ball because 315 out of his 501 pass attempts traveled no more than six yards downfield last season. Like it was, dude. I believe it. It is. It's insane how like they're not doing anything to push the ball down the field, um, which also explains because their O line guard Kevin Dotson is the only starting guard right or only starting lineman on that team right now that PFF has in the top 120 of linemen from last season. And with the quarterback like Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> at stages of his career, that is almost scary to think about terrifying dude and big ben's doing that thing that we all do right before summer we're like oh we got to start a diet like a month out from summer to get our summer bods to going he's like shit i got a diet i'm about to turn like almost 40 and going into the season every part of my body hurts let me eat a salad or two and maybe that will work it ain't gonna work no it's not you also have a new offensive coordinator in Matt Canada, who's the quarterback coach last year, who basically just said, we're going to do what Ben wants to do, which I, that might be good. I don't I don't know what that even looks like. It feels like a lot of shotgun, <laughs> not a lot of play action movement because Big Ben doesn't want to move anywhere, and that doesn't seem good either. Um, it's hard to find a positive on the offense outside of the wide receiving core, which I guess the Pittsburgh Steelers just have the greatest scouting department the world has ever seen when it comes to wide receivers. I don't know what's going on there. I don't really either. Um, they always seem to perform. I don't. I don't really know yet if Juju is really good or just you know pretty good to good. Um, Chase Claypool seems really good, but it doesn't ever seem to matter for them. Someone always seems to produce, but they've also always had a you know the last fifteen years they've had a pretty elite Ben Roethlisberger who I just don't think is that anymore. Yeah, I mean, he's not bad. Last year, he was 31st in completion percentage on deep passes. He was 28th in passing rating last season. Run last year, they were ranked 32nd. You have a completely revamped offensive line for the most part, and not by guy. They didn't do what the Ravens did and get guys that were at least decent in the offensive line game. Um, I mean, it's just it's bad. I think I'm with you. I'm going under their win total. I mean, we'll see. Once again, we'll see what happens in training camp or. or in those type of things, but it just, I saw film of big Ben throwing in OTAs. It looked like he hurt every time he threw the ball. We don't even have pads on yet. Like his body literally looked like he was hurting as he tried to throw the ball in just shorts and t-shirts. Like it's, I just, it's the first year they're going to go under eight wins. I think. I agree. And it's crazy because they have the extra game, but I, I, I don't see it. Yeah, I just don't. Um, and we'll see what the new offensive coordinator is. It's just, there's a lot of things stacked up bad against the Steelers, which means our Steelers-Ravens rivalry is going to take a hit for the foreseeable future. The Ravens, their wins total for the most part, some places have it at about 11. I found most consistently it's about 10 and a half right now. They were 11 and five last season. This is a team, another team in the AFC North that's been Mr. Consistency for the last couple of years. They have a couple different pieces. They're in that kind of period where the offense goes a little stale in Greg Romanoff's system. Where are we kind of at with the Ravens? They're the team where I just, I don't know. It feels very flat coming into the season from where they were last I'm, year. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. I don't think I'm as high on the Ravens as a lot of other people are. Um, I definitely, I saw 11 as well. I even saw 11 and a half. I, I like the under on that quite a bit. Um, they address the O-line, which is good. Um but what the Ravens have done for years, in my opinion, 
for as long as I can almost remember, is they've kind of disrespected the wide receiver position. And eventually, the, I think that will catch up to you. You can't just consistently rely on everything else outside of that. I mean, I know they brought in Sammy Watkins, but that's not enough. I'm sorry, it's not. <laughs> yeah, and they, they got Hollywood Brown, and, you know, he can make plays, but he he's just too small he's not consistent enough at least so far in his career maybe hope maybe he'll come off this year but he's just not consistent enough um they lost matthew judon which was a, a big loss um i know they lost mark ingram which isn't a huge loss jk Dobbins is really good i did like the pick um the rashad bateman pick um i like that a lot they have a bit of an aging defense um they even even having lamar they still they lack overall weapons to me it, they just they have a tough schedule as well. I, I kind of see them more as a nine, maybe ten wins, but I'm just not as high as everyone else is. I feel like a nine-win team to me. Yeah, the Ravens are a weird team to me because, one, their backup quarterback situation is terrible if Lamar gets hurt. And he, out of yeah. all quarter, I mean, any quarterback can get hurt on any day, but the guy is probably the leading candidate of quarterbacks that are, are going to get hurt in the way he plays the game, which sucks because he is, he's phenomenal to watch. He's a good, he's an extremely good quarterback. He's very versatile, but you're right. They kind of got lazy with Lamar as far as this guy can kind of do a little bit of everything. And some things better than anybody else, specifically in his way to create plays that they negated the wide receiver position. And it caught, you saw it caught up to them last year. They had no real down the field threat outside of Brown if he burned your corner um, and he right. was dropping the ball, he had, he, he had uh 15.3% drop rate last season, which is not good from your leading wide receiver. <laughs> um, you can't be dropping a little over 15% of the balls thrown to you. Um, Bateman hopefully will be a big ad. I like Bateman. I thought that was a good pick um, at the position they drafted him, but I'm with you. I'm sort of flat. Like when looking at them, I just felt sort of flat. Like they didn't really do any, they weren't like the Browns, who really addressed a big issue in a big way. Um, they weren't the Steelers, though, that got demonstrably worse in an area they needed to get better at, and they weren't the Browns who just kind of sucked. Um, they just kind of stayed very neutral. Or not Browns, Bengals, sorry, sorry. Uh, Bengals. Yeah. They're a weird team for me. I mean, their O-line is a little retooled. You're going to get Stanley back, which is a big win, which is a big cause of their yes. O-line issues last year. You get Villanueva from Pittsburgh. Um, Kevin Zeitler, he's good run blocker. So I don't have a ton of concerns at the at the kind of O-line position, especially, too, even if your O-line isn't the best. You have Lamar who can just make plays right. left and right yeah. if need be. Um, but they are. They feel like a very, I don't know, flat, flat team. Um, it's, it's weird because it's like they have – you know, outside of like, I don't know, Tyree Kill, they have the most electrifying player in the NFL, yet the offense kind of on paper just bores me almost. Yeah. Like, awesome plays. J.K. Dobbins making a play here and there. Their offense just doesn't scare me at all. I agree. And it is Greg Roman's kind of third year. We saw this with the 49ers. His offense is great that first year that he implements it with any team and when you got a guy like Mar. But even we saw it last year. They played bully ball against bad teams and then they struggled against good teams. Like, they just weren't as effective um, in whether they can keep that. Now, I will say they're secondary. Oh. Those boys. I mean, that is a no-fly zone. Between most forced incompletions in man coverage since 2019, Humphrey is first Peters is second. I mean, yeah. 
it's damn good on the backside, which if you're a Ravens fan, you look at the trajectory of the league right now and the teams you have to play. You got to play the Chiefs. You got to have to play the Bengals, which aren't great, but they're going to try to air the ball out a lot. Um, you play the Green Bay Packers. If they have Rodgers, that comes in handy for them. You look at their schedule, a lot of these teams are going to have to run the ball on them. And you look pretty good. I mean, you're going to play the Raiders. You're going to play the Lions. You're going to play the Broncos. Drew Locke is brutal. Um, you yeah, do have to play the Chargers. So high on that, but... <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. It's, I don't know. I, I agree. I, I'm, I'm putting them at like maybe 10 wins flat, mm-hmm. maybe 11. Um, I don't think they're going to win the division. I think the Browns, as long as the Browns defense comes together, I think they're a little bit more of a complete team, but it's going to be interesting. It's it's that weird part where I just, I don't know. I don't have a good feeling one way or the other about the Ravens. It's very flat, neutral type of thing. Yeah, I don't really either. And it's kind of a weird year for the AFC North in general because I don't think they're quite as strong as they usually are. No, but they're also sort of on that razor's edge where they have this young group of quarterbacks that like, for Baker, this is, I'm not going to say a make or break year, but this is a year that could really propel him. Joe Burrow, another year. Does he regress in his second year? I mean, Ben's falling. You got Lamar. Does he step up and become a little bit better in his, his deeper throws, his, his completion percentage, all that type of stuff? It's a it's a weird division. I don't I don't know how else to say it. It's a fun division, but it's it also weird. weird. And you're right about Baker. I'm really curious to see the type of like contract that he's offered because he's good. Like I, I would like Baker on my team, but he's not great, but you know, with the market and quarterbacks, he he may get paid like he's great, but I'll just I'm just curious to see what kind of numbers Baker gets. Baker to me is he is like the ideal you could win with. Like this quarterback isn't going to be your Achilles heel. You can win with him, and if you put the right pieces around him, he can be damn good. But he ain't going to be an Aaron right. Rodgers. He ain't going to be you know a Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes. Like these great. His upside is not as high as some of these other guys, but his downside, like he's just kind of perfectly right in the middle of like. This totally dude can win right. football games. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah, he's weird. Yeah. I also, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I don't know Baker. I'd love to, Baker, if you randomly hear this, love to be friends here, give your opinion. But I also feel like he's a guy that might take a little less, sort of like a Tom Brady, if it goes back to players he wants. Like, if we got to go resign this person, you're going to go do this. I want to be more involved. I could also see that be part of Baker's story. I could see that. Yeah, I could too. Um, all right, so what are we ranking? I got Bengals, Steelers, Ravens, Browns. We feel. I I think uh, I hate to be boring, but I'm right there with you. <laughs> it's fun how we line up on these types of things. Yeah. I got two player bets. I mentioned them before. Wait until what happens in in preseasons. Obviously, I'll circle back to these. But the Cream Hunt over six fifty yards. I think I'm going to take that. Like that. And then Nick yeah. Chubb under third uh, one thousand three hundred fifty yards. I also kind of like that. Like he's a thousand yard back, but he's also play a running back position, likely to get banged up at some point in the season. You have a two headed back system. I feel like that number's a little high for for uh, what they have down in Cleveland. If he was the primary back, I might say that's a different story, but that seems high. And then win totals, we'll circle back to. But I think we're pretty much lock and step. Like most of these teams are going over. I think the Browns are the only ones I really have probably over their their season total yeah i would agree um any final thoughts on the afc north division before we uh kind of call it a day on the on this one um 
No, not really. I think we, uh, we covered it pretty good. I agree. It's a short one, but we we do it in, in efficient time and give you the stuff you need to know. We're going to circle back, I think, on win totals once the preseason's kind of over. But Zach Taylor is my leading candidate for Dumpster Fire Coach of the Year. We'll see if he replaces and takes the mantle from Adam Gase. One football note I feel like we should somewhat address because I was a big supporter, non-football. Conor McGregor, you, you're also a UFC fan. Dude, this is getting it's tough to be a Conor McGregor supporter. And I'm not even talking about the law lo- the losses. Like I don't give a shit. I mean I do. I want I wanted him to win, but like the way he's handling it, the threat threats he was throwing out after, the kind of excuses after, I mean, it's becoming harder and harder to to kind of support this guy, um, which goes against my my strong, strong support of my Irish lineage. But he came out today, I think it was today, talking about how the excuses, well, he had a, a hairline fracture in his shin and there was an injury going into the fight. And sure, that might be the case. My only question would be, why was part of the strategy then to be throwing that kick a bunch? Like that leg was a was a big part of his strategy. He was throwing that kick a lot for somebody who has a stretch fracture. I'm not a fighter. I don't have that mentality in me to be like, let me go into the cage and just try to like man up somebody like that like that's just not the mindset i have but i don't think i could ever throw if i knew i had a fracture i don't think i'd be throwing that that leg kick as much as he was trying to do just my especially take on the, the year that uh the ufc has had with leg kicks yeah. and breaking legs um so far yeah it was weird that you know he came out and said that after like his you know strategy from you know bell ringing was throwing those leg kicks um so yeah that was weird yeah it's definitely getting a little harder to uh be a connor fan um the the, ta- uh, the antics after were pretty ugly um the only thing that i am somewhat holding out hope on is apparently they're gonna fight whatever um but say they're gonna they what do actually, apparently you know that they're they're looking to do dustin and connor you know oh yeah right back again um the only thing I'm holding out hope for is somehow, you know, when they do run it back, Dustin will probably be champ, and somehow Connor lucks out, <laughs> catches him, champ again, and he's on top. All he needs is that one win over, you know, and become champ again. And yep. Get back. Um, but I, I, I don't actually foresee that happening. It, now he's going to be, you know, injured for six months. So we'll see how what Connor's like. He might retire three times. Um, <laughs> you never know. They'll <laughs> go on Twitter tirades, retire, come back in a week, and then retire. So uh, you, you never cheer to get with Connor, but it's getting tough. Um, yeah, that was that was that was an ugly night for sure. It's it's getting tough also because like beforehand it. Like everything flew from his, it flowed from his fight style, his shit talking, all of it. Now it feels almost less genuine. It feels like a lot more forced and grasping, and it's it's kind of getting a little unhinged. Um, the boxing thing is the greatest thing to ever happen to Conor McGregor, but it's also the worst thing from an MMA standpoint, like UFC standpoint. Like it that his career, his his ability to earn money as the highest paid athlete in the world took off the moment he was able to sign that Floyd. Like that launched him. Yeah beyond anything that could have ever been imaginable. But from a pure UFC standpoint, it has dramatically affected him. He's shortened up his stance. He's forcing shit. Like, it's just, he's taking off time. It's just, it's a tough scene. But he can get back on top. He can get back to his old ways. It's it's enticing. It's just, it's getting tough out there. I, I was not a fan of, I'm going to kill you and your wife in your sleep as you're laying on the ground. I was like, all right, was, Connor, let's, let's back it down <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, here. it was 
a little over the top for sure. Yeah, and like you said, people. Like, I see a lot of people that say like Khabib broke Connor. I'm like, no, really, Floyd broke Connor. <laughs> like, yep, that whole thing. That ruined his UFC ambitions. Which, 100%. I mean, he's one of the he's the richest athlete last year as far as money made. Like, I I think every single one of us, if you were to told, could I be. I mean, I'm already going to be a god in the UFC, but even more so, or can I make $100 million and then launch myself into even more millions of dollars? I think every single person takes that bet or takes that path. Exactly. Um, yeah, of course. But you're right. It is, yeah, Khabib didn't break him. The Floyd spectacle broke him. Um, and we'll see. It'll be interesting to see where he goes from here and, and how it, it plays out. Um, but it is... I think the fight to make now, I mean, his, you're right. His only championship ambition ability is if Dustin wins it and they run it back. But there's always that Nate Diaz fight out there, that trilogy yeah. that's hanging out in the whims that I'd be very big fan of. Nick's coming back. He's running against Robbie Lawler again. Let's run Nate Diaz and Connor again. That'll get the flame started. Yeah, you could definitely run it back with Nate. I think he'd lose, honestly, because he's not going to knock Nate out. And I think he's just going to tire himself out and just eventually lose. But. Yes, I, there definitely will be a... I imagine there's going to be a neat uh, trilogy fight. I would agree. Um, any final thoughts before we wrap this up? No, nope, I got nothing. Perfect. Well, tune in next week. We'll have another divisional breakdown. And as always, peace. Peace.